Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Coach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz, here to talk all things Super Coach BBL with you. We're kicking off the team discussions tonight with the Brisbane Heat. But before we get into them, as always, check us out on all our social media platforms and everywhere where you get podcasts, including Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter, Super Coach Insider 100 and Swizz 26, the best way to get in contact with us. So the Brisbane Heat first up, they are opening up the season against the Melbourne Stars on the 7th and they are playing a triple first round. So three opportunities for all their players to score, which is why they are so important, while we're important. uh, And once we sort of talk about their likely round one lineup, we'll see why some of their players have become less relevant. But definitely um, from a scoring point of view, I can see why a lot of people have been looking at Heat players. But then they go into round two on the 21st against the Renegades before hitting one of their two buys. After that, they play one game a week until round seven, which is the Hurricanes and the Perth Scorchers, both at the Gabba. And then they finish off the season with another round nine buy. So really, if you're going to have Heat players, it's really for this round one fixture and then potentially looking at maybe bringing one or two in for that round seven matchup. All right, so likely round one lineups. Now, they have had ins and outs left, right, and center due to the PMs 11, the test squad, um, and then injuries as well. So this is what I've come up with as their likely round one starting lineup. Uh, Now, I say round one as in game one because the Heat will have a lot of chopping and changing throughout this whole round one. So if we go through what I've got up there, we've got Kawaja, and Labashane, who are 1-3, and three, and they've been released by the Test Squad to be allowed to play on this 7th. Because of the delay in the tests this year, usually we'd be talking about Test matches right now, um, the, they have been given the opportunity to come play in the opening game, and you'll find a lot of the Test players are in that first game, but mostly they're home games, they don't want them travelling, so um, we'd see Kawaja and Labashane play that opening match against the Stars, and then after that, uh, they will return back to the test squad. Uh, I think that's also the you know the, the cricket board there in Australia going, well, we want to kick off the BBL the best way we can and we want the best players there for that just to you know um, make it more relevant because the Brisbane Heats lineup without Kawaja and Labuschagne was looking uh, quite weakened um, straight up. So yeah, they've added those players in, um, which is good from a viewing point of view, not great for Supercoach because Kawaja and Labuschagne not only only playing the one game, which does affect their scoring when there's so many other double and triple game players in round one, but it means other players are going to take their spot in round two and three, which kind of makes them less relevant because they're not playing the full three games. So yeah, I expect Kawaja to open up with Colin Munro. Colin Munro, a very important player, when it comes to super coach, overseas player, uh, South African, moved to New Zealand, um, can get on with it. Um, you know, I can see there be games where he might have to, if there was early wickets, he might have to just be patient. But he, you know, I think the first couple of games with Kawaja up there, um, he might bat a bit differently unless Kawaja kind of is the more steady and they just let Munro go. But I expect Munro to probably be the more aggressor. He's currently sitting in 23% of teams. He's my vice captain at the moment. Uh, I just think with three opportunities to bat, especially at the Adelaide Oval and Manica, they're usually good batting surfaces. So 
Uh, you know, I'd expect him to score pretty well in at least one of those games, which um, makes sense. Break even of 150, and that's due because playing the three games, so it averages out to be 50 points per game. If we look at his stats from last season, uh, so he had a 45, 29, 43, 143, 10, 63, and 70. Uh, so the the big game, the 143, was because he scored 98 with the bat, but that was only off 73 ball. So he got a 25-point uh, strike rate bonus there. Uh, so I expect, yeah, in one of those games, most likely he will get off the chain and get maybe not get that break even, but... You know, points on field is everything in super coach and fantasy game. So, yeah, he can definitely score between a 1 and 150 for us in that first round. As I said, Labashain is there. I've got Renshaw in black, and that's because Renshaw will be with the PM's 11. So once he returns to that, I would expect Renshaw be to be back there in game three, unless he's picked for the test squad. Uh, Sam Billings in at four with uh, Pearson, also part of the PM's 11 game. He'll be taking the gloves for the first two games. He's... An absolute lock for me, not only in my side, but um, as my wicket-keeping on-field position. He's currently in 28% of teams, uh, and I'm surprised it's actually that low. Yes, he's got the break-even of 112, and may have not had the best form in some of his games last year. There was a 26-1-5, 48, 16, and 47, but in that round three where he scored a 159, um, you just see the worth of him there in that particular game. He scored 105, or, sorry, 104 um, with a strike rate bonus of 35, meaning it was 104 off 69 balls. Also took a run out. Now, last year he didn't have the gloves because Pearson's uh, the, the go-to gloveman. Uh, but for the first two rounds with Pearson out, Billings has that opportunity to score extra points through runouts, stumpings, and catches. So I just think that's a no-brainer. Surprisingly, Pearson's actually in 9%. Um, he's not going to be there. So if you are one of those people, I'd be trying to flick him off. And they're practically the same price at 116 versus 113. So that should be an easy trade for people. So if you're looking for a Brisbane Heat, Munro and Billings are your best two places to start. Uh, in fifth, we've got I've got Max Bryant in there. Could very easily be Josh Brown or Jack Wood. Would not surprise me if either of them are there come round one. Um, Jack uh, jo Josh Brown in particular just had played a very good innings. Uh, they had the Brisbane Melbourne Stars and Melbourne Renegades Academy games here in Melbourne, with Brown making 112 or 45 balls, opening the batting. Uh, Wood also very effective with 57 off 25. So two players to definitely look at. Uh, the thing with Wood as well, he does bowl. He took one for 12. Uh, so depending on which way the Heat want to go there, um, you know, I could see very easily one of those players lining up. But just with the batting lineup the way it is, um, if they are in, I think it'll be in that fifth or, fifth or even sixth spot. Um, and then when Kawaja and Labashain leave the team in round two, definitely could see Brown or Wood. Um, open the batting up there with Munro. I'd probably even potentially Billings with um, Brown and Wood could be three and four, but I think probably that second game it will be Munro with Brown. Maybe Wood comes in there at three and then Billings at four or they shuffle around, uh, depending if they want to go with Bryant. But uh, Bryant in one of the games, I don't actually think he batted. Uh, so that's actually he was a not out at the end 16 off seven so just the fact that they didn't probably give him the opportunity compared to brown and 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 wood might see that change um, but bryant's usually been the guy they go to 
uh, by game three, I expect Nathan McSweeney to come into that spot, um, who is with the PM's 11 for now. Paul Walter is the overseas player from England. He's going to... he In all his games there in the county, he was batting in that uh, sixth position, comes on and bowls a few overs. So the perfect world is you want him bowling three overs to get that bonus for the economy. Um, and that's potentially a chance, but... They do have uh, a few bowlers there with Swepson, Kuhneman, John, uh, Johnson, Barlett, even Wildermuth. So there might be a chance that Walter, if one of them was bowling poor, that he could get more of an opportunity. But I expect probably that might be maybe in game two, where the other games he's probably going to come in and just bowl the one or two overs. Uh, didn't have the greatest form of the bat, um, but they did it in this academy game. Brisbane made 262, so absolutely a massive score. Uh, so I would have liked to see a bit more of an opportunity there for Walter, uh, just to see how he sort of fits in and how he went. But that's uh, that's unfortunate. He did bowl three overs in the other game. Uh, so that is something that's promising in regards to those overs, um, but didn't really trouble the scorers. Uh, well, actually, he got, what was that, 28 of his 17. So not too bad, but... Not, you know, I would have liked to see him sort of be out there for 30, 40 balls, especially the fact that they're playing an academy team and we saw what happened with Brown and Wood when they were in that situation. So uh, Wildermuth, I think he's locked in to that number seven position. Uh, it's why they've got the players out, but then I expect Nisa to potentially take that spot when he's back in round three. Um, Nisa's still highly owned in a lot of teams. He's actually in 38% of teams still, so please make that change if you haven't already because he will not be there until Game 3. He is one that you could potentially, if not with the Test Squad, look at getting in at a later date. Um, hopefully he has a poor game so you can pick him a bit cheaper because he is 194k, um, but he is one of the best Big Bash players uh, in. Like He had that 208 Round 3 last year and then even finished round 11s 12 and 13 with 115 99 and 105 so definitely somebody you need to consider uh, Xavier Barlett looked pretty good with the uh, ball in these academy games seems to be back full fitness so that's promising uh, I've got uh, Prestwich in uh, yellow next to Johnson just because Johnson's had some injury concerns uh, one of the the future players really first straight cricket there uh, Spencer Johnson and he will be very um, talking to a few people who have wanted him in the side, just worried about a little bit of that injury. But he is in 26% of sides, average 40 last year, uh, so it's really good. Now. But didn't play the first half of the season. Once he got in, made the most of his opportunity. He had a 65, 51, and 71, uh, so no, can definitely score. And bowlers are usually better than bats uh, to own because of that economy bonus, especially if they're going to bowl three or four overs. Uh, so if Johnson's fit, there's just that question mark here of could he potentially be rested for the travel game to Adelaide or does he play all three? I expect probably Bartlett more likely than Johnson, um, especially if like Nisa was to come back in that side, which it's most likely will be there for the third. So potentially Johnson could get rested. Uh, and finally, we've got the spinners in uh, Matt Kuhneman and Mitchell Swepson. Uh, Swepson's been in and out of that side for especially last season, um, wasn't in the best form last year. Uh, so apart from a couple of late games there where he got an 80 and a 60, um, some of his scores last year were 3, 5, 14, 0, 4, 11. 
so it's, it's a bit of a risk. I think the spinners are more likely to get their four overs, which means you're getting 12 overs out of them um, for the three games, unless they might pull something where maybe Jack Wood as extra batting comes in and plays as the second spinner. So there is some concern still there for me about um, picking those guys. So you've got, um, in particular, Kuhneman, 18%, and Swepson, who is owned by 38% of the competition. People see him as a bit of a cash cow. Uh, he, you know, with that break-even only of 68 and got three games to do that. If he was to have one of those match, massive matches that we just talked about, which he had at the end of the season, where it was a 60 or an 80, um, he could potentially hit his break-even in just one match. Uh, and you get that situation where, you know, he took... He takes two or three wickets and very easily gets to that. So I can see the appeal. The flip side is what if Swepson has a poor game first up and they go, okay, we're going to give Jack Wood an opportunity in game two uh, and we're going to strengthen our batting. So I am worried about the rotation policy potentially with this with the heat lineup. Um, and that's the other issue is what if Swepson wasn't to get too far um, or too many more points on top of that 71k value and then what kind of what do you do with him going forward because you're not really making any cash uh, so there's a little bit of a worry like if I'm go- I, I think everybody needs cash cows but potentially is there other players that we could get in who have better buys or better roles more secure roles in the team and when we go through some of those other clubs you'll uh, you'll see why um, I've been sort of leaning towards other players, but I like I, I don't think it's a terrible pick, but I do get worried about just if there's a change in, especially for the game three, because they'll have all their players available. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the Brisbane Heat's eleven. That's the likely eleven. Um, and really, outside my personal opinion, Munro, Billings, are your probably your two locks with Xavier Bartlett at three. And then I can see why other people are considering Walter, uh, Walter um, Swepson, potentially Johnson. Uh, but outside of that, I wouldn't be pretty well going near any of the other players. As much as they have the triple, um, you know, it would be great to have the opportunity to have your player score, th- you know, in three different games. But yeah, you've just got to worry about all those guys there in black, Nisa, Pearson, McSweeney and Renshaw coming in and that's before we look at the rotation of brown wood and potentially presswidge as well so that's the brisbane heat tell us what you're thinking as tell me how many heat plays you've currently got in and we will see you for our next team podcast bye